Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. As we begin this Advent journey together, we're going to discover in our scripture reading each Sunday one person from the Bible who helped us to grow in our love of God. And today we'll start with Abraham. But in our scripture, he's not yet been given that blessed name. Today he is Abram. And if I switch them up, I apologize preemptively. I just think of him as Abraham, and so it's hard for me to go back. However, we need to go back because this is a time when we are preparing ourselves for the annual celebration of Christmas. But more than that, Advent is about coming. And the church, through its traditions, developed the season of Advent, not so that we would get everything hung up and ready for Christmas, but that the church would practice getting ready for the return of Jesus Christ. His triumphant return at the end of time, at a time which God will choose, which we are not yet privy to. And so every year we are given the opportunity to grow in our love for God, to become better, deeper disciples of Jesus Christ, and truly celebrate Christmas as if Christ were returning today. And as we begin this process, this journey, this movement of spirituality, we start with one of the first, most faithful and pretty fractured followers of God. Abram didn't have his act together. In fact, more often than not, you're cheering for him to do the right thing, and he does the dumb thing. He sins a lot, and that's okay because he does seem to turn around and repent and, and try to get better, but we are talking about someone who lived a rather difficult life, someone who experienced what it really meant to follow God. Abram, out of obscurity, receives the word from God, and God says, I want you to pick up everything that you have and everything that is yours and your wife and maybe your nephew, and I want you to travel to this foreign land that you've never seen, that you've never visited, that your people are not known in, and I want you to go there, and I'm going to do this new thing with you. And Abram says, okay, and does it. Now, if the word of God came to any of our households tomorrow night and said, I want you to take everything that you have right now, just leave your house. Don't even bother putting it on the market. Just leave it where it is. We're going to Saskatchewan. Most of us would be like, God, we need to pray about this. I don't know if I'm in on this one. It's a little weird. I could have had food poisoning. I'm not sure I'm in on this idea. But Abram did it. Abram went to Canaan, and there God continued to speak to him and tell him things and make him these covenants. And so Abram had been journeying along with God, and all of a sudden the word comes to him at nighttime because he goes out and sees the stars, and the word comes to him and says, don't be afraid, I am with you, I am your shield. And at that moment, when you have God's goodwill and you have God's presence and voice with you, and because we're moving toward Christmas time, it's a perfect time to tell God your wish list. And Abram does. God, I would really like a child, my own child who could inherit, who will carry on my name, and who will be my legacy. Because as of right now, it's going to be the slave that was born in my house, and that's just not what I would like. And God graciously receives this petition and says, don't worry, I'm going to take care of this. 
you're going to have a child. Now, most of us would go, okay, this is pretty much physically impossible for my wife, so I don't sure how this is going to work. And God, could you give me like a time frame? Like how long do I have to decorate a nursery? Do we have time to put together like a baby shower and a registry? Instead, Abram says, okay, let's see. And God says, come on out here. Come out, come, get out of the house. Come out here and look at the sky. And we're so blessed here in Crozet that if you go out at night, you can see everything in the sky. And so he goes out and there in the darkness, the lights of the heavens are shining forth. And God says, count them. Count them if you can. Because this will be the number of your descendants. Count the stars. And all of a sudden, without saying, this is physically impossible, I don't know how this would happen, I have a little doubt, God, you've got to show up on this one. Abram says, I believe you. I believe you. And it's because of that belief that he is reckoned as righteous. Not because he changes his act and he starts giving 10% faithfully every time he worships at his homemade altar. Or, no, it's because he believes. God says, I am making you this promise and Abram believes and he is righteous. And it's a good thing it's not what he does. Because he's a bit of a liar. A perpetual liar. So the first time that things get kind of rough in Canaan and he and his household have to flee and go down to Egypt and seek refuge from a famine, they get down there and he thinks to himself, my wife is pretty amazing. She's gorgeous. And if we go down there, they're going to kill me and they're going to take my wife. So he says, I'm going to lie and say this is my sister. This is abnormal. Don't ever do this. And so he says, this is, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lie. We're going to say you're my sister and then they won't kill me. Meanwhile, it makes her completely available. So he tells her, this is what we're going to do. All right, I'm going to lie, and now you're part of my lie, and if they ask you, then you lie. We'll all lie together, and we'll all get food, and we'll come out of this hole. Never happens this way. They go down into Egypt, and sure enough, his wife is apparently so beautiful that the word travels up to Pharaoh himself. And Pharaoh says, bring me my new wife. And so they go and they get Sarai and they take her to Pharaoh. And all of a sudden, plagues break out in the house of Egypt. Plagues and sickness and all kinds of things that let you know something is really not right here. So not only did Abraham lie, not only did Sarai lie, but then they got everybody else to be part of the lie. And then they entrapped Pharaoh. I mean, he could have committed adultery unknowingly. And the next thing you know, everybody in the household and in the land is suffering because of one person's lie. And you would think Aaron would learn his lesson. No. A little while later in the story, it's we're going to this new place and, you know, you're still looking good, Sarai. Still looking good, girl. Let's try this lie thing again. Let's try it. It worked so well last time. Let's do it again. And so they lie again. He makes mistakes. We make mistakes. And if we were completely judged on how many times we learned the first time and never made the mistake again or never made the mistake in the first place, we're all in a heap of trouble. But instead, God says to us very, very clearly in today's scripture, I am promising you things. I am promising you my grace my forgiveness if you repent of your sin. I am promising you my blessing, my presence, my love. And if you will believe in this, then it shall be yours and you shall be righteous. And that's all it takes. Our trusting in God. Are we willing to trust in God? Isn't that what Christmas is about? 
all of these people who had been praying for help, all of these people that had been crying out for salvation from under the Roman oppression, all these people that had been yearning for generation to generation for God to show God's self to them in a way that would be powerful and transformative and affirming for people who had been kicked, who had been knocked down, who were the butt of every joke, people who yearned to be once more respected. And thus it happened. Now, it didn't happen the way anybody thought it would happen. I'm sure nobody pictured stable and manger. But it didn't matter because God's word was true. And as we, the modern spiritual descendants of Abram, a flawed, fatally so person who sinned not just once, not just twice, but repeatedly, but because of his faith and the gift of righteousness from that belief, we have inherited that. Abram could never have looked at all of Christendom and realized that every single Christian is his descendant. We are all part of that promise. You are the fulfillment of this scripture from Genesis 15. There's a lot more to go before we get to Jesus. And yet you are living, breathing proof that God's word stands. And as we're getting ourselves ready for Christmas, we need to remember that. That Christmas isn't about lists. It's not about all the good things that we can line up and say, yep, I'm all good. I've covered all the sin. It's not about whether or not our house is the most illuminated or the most beautiful. It's not about who has the best Christmas collection of sweaters and nativities. Instead, it is about those of us who yearn to be righteous by a deepening our faith and how that will play itself out not only in our lives and our households and by the grace of God here in Crozet. We yearn to be that at Christmas and today is the first day of that. Now the rest of the secular calendar says we're winding down. We're getting to close out the year. It's almost New Year's. Today is New Year's in the life of the church. The church calendar begins today. With the first Sunday of Advent, this is New Year. This is when we are getting ourselves ready to welcome the annual celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior. And every day thereafter, until we get to the first Sunday of Advent next year, will be about continuing that journey with Jesus Christ. That's the way our lives are reoriented because of Jesus. That this is about getting to be more humble more willing to say, Lord, I really messed that up, but I know that you can help me overcome. And Lord, I believe you when you tell me that I am forgiven, loved, and free. I believe you. And because I believe you, Lord, I am yours. Here I am. Where will you send me now? So many people who were blessed by the birth of Jesus, who got to see it firsthand, had to travel for some, it was much further away, but they had to move. And as Christian disciples, we must move. And I'm just not just talking physically. Our spirituality must move. It must go deeper. It must open our hearts to God and the Word and the will of God in new and transformative ways. And so it begins this day, so that it will yield fruit every day. This is what Christmas is about. Believers becoming disciples 
And because of our faith in that transformation, we are righteous. And if Abram, who messes up repeatedly, so much so that his son tries the sister-wife thing, if we can be the descendants of this person who God said was righteous because of belief, then can we not be any different? We are those who are righteous because of our faith. And because of that gracious gift of God, we worship, we gather, we feast at the heavenly table, and we ensure that everyone we encounter gets that same grace from us. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.